friends. Welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with kaleidoscopically kinky Chris Prunty. Oh, God. In our last episode, we continued to create the modern-day landscape of the world of a thousand gods, introducing a nation full of people who seek perfection, akin to old-school Shaolin monks. We also introduced the Empire of Embers, a warlike nation reforged after a coup and subsequent inquisition forced a divine coalescence. We also expounded upon the key moments in history, including the various wars of expansion made by the gods of feasts and famine, as well as the perpetually failing ritual of the god of time. In today's episode, we finalize this region of the world by introducing two more nation-states and weaving a web of political intrigue within the region. Now, this is one of those episodes where we come together. We got two more nation states for you, the final two of this area. Uh, I, I'm not going to call this necessarily a full continent, but basically a region of a continent. Yeah. And then we'll kind of expand and go along you know, that, from there. That's actually a very important thing to note. How big is the area that we've currently described? Are we talking like Europe? Are we talking about uh, the Iberian Peninsula kind of size? Or I'm actually thinking... Balkan states? Cause... No, I, I'm actually thinking like uh, like a good chunk of Western Europe and part of Asia. Uh, because we're only coming into this with what, like eight to 12 nation states, I think mm -hmm. in total. And that's, if you want to look at, you know, how, how nations work, I mean, it's not nearly enough, but at the same time, I mean, it's a fantastic world. We don't really have to be. Yeah. You don't have to have the divided landscape. And also it allows, say you're walking from point A to point B, you discover a village that has a small rural God that no one cares about. Yeah, but it, well, actually, that's part of the setting that I yeah. really appreciate is that a lot of it is exploration and a lot of it allows for going from town to town and, you know, kind of, oh, this is a real, like, like almost like an X-Files vibe in some ways where you go and there's like, oh, this is a creepy God. This is, I mean, this, these, these are all very nice people. But man, what they're doing here is very creepy. Oh, I realize you could even have, say, a campaign or something that was your a census taker. And you're just it's just like, hey, yeah, uh, we haven't been to this region in about uh, 50 years. We were just wondering, the god of this land is still uh, Moloch? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's actually a great uh, Pathfinder adventure where... After some accounting error, they realize that a particular town hasn't paid taxes in a number of years, and they send a tax collector out. Oh. And he never comes back because the town has been taken over by the god of parasites. And as a result, it's now just like full of mosquito people. And it's it's actually a really fun adventure, and I love the idea of mosquito people and also the god of parasites. But I I just like the fact that bureaucracy has caused the town to disappear. Just like hey, hey um, shouldn't we have gotten money from them? Yeah, yes. we oh we should look in on that. They yeah. haven't asked for any protection or anything. Should we also look into that? No, they also haven't sent anything in a while. No exports, no imports. That's weird. Yes, I and and that's the type of thing like. Little little adventures and little ideas like that are really fun. Yeah, because you can have the missing tax collector. You can have it uh, be a lot like the, crap, what is the name of that movie? Uh, Wicker Man, where a police officer goes to investigate things. And then suddenly it's just like, oh, oh, you're all evil. They're not evil. What are you talking about? In Wicker Man? Yeah. They burn a maybe man. The, maybe the Nick Cage one, but not the 1970s one. No, they were definitely evil. No, they yeah. just, no, they just, they were just 
fulfilling their belief system. They needed a virgin to burn so they would all survive and live and thrive. A little girl. They didn't use the little girl. That's why there was a bad harvest the year before. No, no, they use the police officer because he's a virgin in the original 1970s one. No, yes. I thought he was fulfilling the role as the fool. We're getting off topic. No, he's, he's fulfilling the role of the virgin. He's virginal in the 1970s one. That's why he's tempted by all the carnal lovemaking that's happened. Oh, I thought he was just British. He also, well, he <laughs> is British, but no, he's also a virgin. I thought, that. Mom, that's quite improper. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's, he's like deeply religious and also is a virgin. And that's why they use him. Oh, all right. Yeah. I mean, that's. You're, again, you're just thinking about the Nick Cage version. No, Which, I've never seen the Nick Cage version besides liar. the bees. You're a fucking liar. You've never seen the Nick Cage Okay, I've version. seen it through YouTube. Yeah, it's not really the same thing. <laughs> All right, so a little bit off topic with that. But Whatever. This, this, is a, this is a relaxed episode today because I'm getting married this week. And hey. goddamn, we're, we're recording early, uh, earlier than normal. This is still going to go up on the regular day, but... Whatever. I'm sitting here practically naked, and I'm just waiting for my wedding to arrive. I'm very excited. Well, that's a beautiful picture you paint. I mean, I am literally sprawled out like some kind of a Grecian god right now. Well, not a Grecian god, a Grecian emperor, a Roman emperor, even. But, but I mean, you know. You know, whatever. I'm Rubenesque as well. It also helps the, the image. Jesus. <laughs> um. Anyway, let's... Back to the gods. Oh, I apologize in advance if this episode is particularly silly because I am feeling particularly silly. That's okay. You've given me an excellent segue. My nation is the nation of flesh. Oh, God. (laughs) All right. Go ahead. Hit me me with this fleshy appendage that you call a nation. So the inspiration for this, the inspiration for my nation was from uh, the hateful flesh, Videodrome, Mm -hmm. this... Bob Brink's horror movie that was called like Family or something that was just fucking weird. So body horror. It's the nation of body horror. It's the nation of body horror. Okay. Got it. Yes. So the idea of the nation was primordial flesh. Flesh uh, that is joined. I wanted their god pack to be people who could do flesh work in the sense of divine magic. Okay. So combining people together, uh, binding up Healing as well. And oh, healing healing as well. in like a twisted way. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like, okay. oh, your legs are broken? What if we put you onto a horse and then put you to work? Huh. Oh, so, and, and the remade also. And that's also. how centaur work in this, in this world, apparently. Okay. A centaur centaur. They've just joined two horses together. That'd just be the most overly complicated thing. <laughs> they, they do flips to run. <laughs> so wait, are we talking specifically flesh or bone as well? Because this is, now we're getting into... The nitty gritty of... Yeah, of, of how it would work. Because I mean, like, flesh, sure, it's, it's broad enough. You could also incorporate sinew and muscle as well. But what about bone? I feel like bone is specific. So, good point. I want to say that they don't dabble with bone, but... They have to use the existing bone and graft it. And that's actually something that makes it all the more body horror-ish. Because imagine, like, you can fuse a man and a horse together, which I'm going to find another example right after this. <laughs> so there's so there's actually, uh, well, I mean, we said fire god like a million times throughout this. Time, I know, so I know, but I, I, it's different when it's just a man being bound to a horse. All right, what about a cow? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but seriously, um, so I would imagine, like, it, when it comes to broken bones, like, flesh wounds and, like, muscle tears and stuff like that, that can be pretty easily taken care of. But oh, but imagine resetting the bone just by overstimulating the muscle to right, reset it. Right, right, right. But, but also, like, bones do need time to heal and stuff like that. And I imagine that that's actually really horrifying. Like, the hospitals in this nation, I imagine, are just like, oh, yeah, no, this is our you know, our convalescence hall. And it's just like, Oh, you don't want to open that curtain. You're just <laughs> going to scream like everyone else does. And then we throw you in the sanitarium hall down the wing. And then we, okay, cool. Then so, we, then we, uh, you know, uh, flesh your eyes closed so that you can no longer see the horrors of the world. <laughs> if, rightfully so. All right. So, so break down this nation for me. We've got a cool power of grotesque healers and flesh grasp grafters. So what is this? Tell me about the nation exactly. What does it do? Has it work? How come it hasn't been burned to the ground yet? Um, mainly due to the fact that uh, no one, no one really wants to fuck with them in the sense because they have gone to war in the past, and that that's the thing. Everyone's just like, oh, that's really gross, and then it was just like, oh, that is twenty spearmen made into a giant spearman golem that is oh, no, lashing just- out with. 50 arms. It's just Phalanx from Demon Souls. If you've ever played that game. No. No. Okay. No. It's the first boss where it's literally just a black Oh, the pool. Yes. Yeah, yes. Exactly. It's that. It's yeah. that. Oh, yeah. That's actually. So, so fear alone is what's keeping people from going to war, burning this thing down. Correct. Okay. It's also the fact that mainly uh, the primordial flesh, the, they, they don't, they're more reactionary than like conquering. So it's more of, oh, 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 you just attacked us. Well, you're you're dead. We're going to come at you with everything bestial, primal uh, might. They don't really, there's no strategic planning that's seen as far as it's just like, oh, yeah, we need to expand into this area. There's no strategic planning. It's more of they see something, they need it, they take it. So they're they're very tribal in that way. Correct. So I imagine that this is kind of like a situation where it's like, oh, well, we'll go this way, this way, and this way. We'll have to go around, and then then we'll be able to our destination. It, it'll take three days, and then, but it'll take just a day if we go through this area. No, we're we're taking the three days. <laughs> yeah, we're we're taking the three days. Yeah, it's just like, oh, I mean, can't they be reasoned with? And so these are reavers, basically, or or um, if you've ever seen Bone Tomahawk. They're the, uh, they're like the troglodytes from Bone Tomahawk. They're just like straight up monsters in the, in the form of people. Once again, to stay away from the whole zerging or turn, turning them into the god blob mm-hmm. again, I wanted to make it that it's not that they go out and destroy stuff. It's more of this area is mine. Don't touch my area. If you come into my area, I will destroy you. They're not so much the reavers that go out and uh, despoil a caravan or something. Mm-hmm. It's more of the caravan avoids them. Okay. So how do they, so, so what are their motivations and like, why haven't they expanded further and how do they survive as a people? Like what, like, are, are they, are they in a completely self-sustaining infrastructure? Like how do they survive exactly? Through the mastery of flesh, they can easily turn once again, going back to the gross body horror, say that there is something that is just a giant uh, fleshy mound that grows their food. Okay. 
like giant vats of algae that are just made out of wombs, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't have a need for food. They Because they have these things to eat. Correct. They're eating what they have. They kind of uh, self-cannibalize in a way. Okay. That keeps them in this constant state. They, ha they haven't had a need to expand. Okay. Or a want. Technically, their expansion only happens when someone decides to screw it up, which is why no one wants to go in the area that is theirs. So it's basically like like they're purely reactionary then. So it's I, I know you said this, yeah. but it's a matter of like, but but I also imagine that they're a not not an eye for an eye society, but you take a finger, I take a hand. Type yes, thing. yes. Okay. But, it's but it's again, like, like this area hurts. I'm going to destroy everything in this area. So it's basically a nation of living. Like it's a it's a nation. It's a living. Each person a is a cell. It's a living nation state, essentially. Yeah. Okay. So again, what what's their motivation then? They just want to be left alone, or or what exactly? I could go with the cop out of saying that their motivations are alien and unable to be understood by us, but really they they want. A quiet land and a peaceful people. Okay. So so they, they're looking for harmony, essentially. Harmony in their, on their terms. Right, right. So, so what's the political system like? What's the power structure like in this nation state? Was very tempted to do hive mind, but I think the closest thing would be absolute democracy. Okay. Uh, everyone gets a vote. Everyone has a decision. And due to the fact that they can easily maybe link up in some way that the voting or decision-making can be made very quickly. I wanted to play with the thought of their elected officials uh, combine. So kind of like the Ghost Council of Obzadat from Magic the Gathering, where it's, it's literally a singular entity made up of several ghosts. It's a council of ghosts that kind of fuse together. Yeah. Yeah. I... The main thing that I was worried about that, and I wanted this to be something that could happen, is what happens when you combine 20 minds? That, I mean, you get something that might be super intelligent. What happens when you combine 50 minds? I, I have to believe that there's a point of where it reaches either madness or you no longer care. Like, uh, the brilliance of someone, it was just like, oh, yeah, you know what would make sense for our society? Eugenics. Well, I mean, isn't that what you're already doing with the flesh warping and stuff like that? No, no, I get that. But I believe that there is a point of where ethics definitely takes a back seat and mm -hmm. they just do. And that's where people who live in this tent are just like, okay, yeah, I understand that's for the greater good for us and every, everything. But I think, I think we need to, you know, purge this round. I think we need okay. to vote for a purge. So, so my question now becomes, why the fuck? Would anyone want to interact or go near that nation state? Why would they want to interact or... Or or go near or past or around that nation state? So why aren't they just completely isolated and why... Yes. So due to a series of people fucking up in the past, they've elongated their nation into having a border that is just valuable in the sense that People want to not take the three days to go around. Right, right, right. But every time someone does, they risk an expansion, and then suddenly it takes four days to go around. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of like arrogance at first, and then okay. But again, like uh, I, I'm I'm having trouble like, like besides pure fear, besides pure aggression, like 
Why haven't people banded together and been like, hey, we want it to take one day to get through this area. Let's go ahead and burn a swath through this place and start over so we can actually reclaim. I imagine that uh, wars of reclamation have happened. And yes, it's horrifying, but it's been done, right? Uh, of Like trying to wipe them out? Or at least reclaim some of that area. Like yeah. maybe it's kind of seen as a, a heroic or a crusader type thing where it's like, look, this is my goal as this generation. Like, hey, we're going to make sure that this area is clear of this place again. And then the crusaders come back to their homelands with tumors that sprout and now reform into the nation of flesh there. Okay, but well, if that's the case, then how come this thing hasn't been taken over? And like, how come this thing doesn't take over entirely? I guess I guess my my point that I'm trying to get at here is that like what's to stop this thing from blossoming and becoming a glo- a god blob or or another another apotheosis? I feel like it has no want to. It just wants to it, it has no need for aggression. It just right. wants to exist where it is. I guess I guess the main issue that I'm having with this particular nation is like Pure reaction is fine, but, like, I need to have some kind of a motivation for it. And I need, like, because realistically, the way that we're approaching it right now, at least as it is, it's basically a big blank spot on the map to just avoid entirely. That's true. Right? That's not... So that's not that's not really interactive. That's not what we're going for. Mm. Let's, let's try and workshop this into something that's more usable. Someplace that's more like... You know, like maybe it's not pure primal flesh. Maybe there's some kind of like, oh, we'll trade with you. You know, like kind of like a weird sinister vibe. Like, yeah, you can pass through. Go right ahead. You just got to leave some, you know, maybe that's how they leave eat. some flesh. Yeah. Like literal, a literal pound, pound of, of flesh. flesh. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's how they feed. Maybe that's maybe like, okay, they realized in the past that aggression only gets them so much. But because of this council of elders type thing, they realize like, look, we don't even have to go to war with everyone. All we have to do is have this valuable trade route that people have to pay. And ask them to offer tribute as they come through. Like, yeah, just leave. uh, How many people come through? Leave leave about uh, 10 of them. And then they have like very specific. Actually, that'd be really fun to do. Be like, oh no, uh, we need uh, blue eyes this time, uh, and we need um, brown skin, black hair, blue eyes. We need this specific one, and then people like I can imagine a caravan getting to the border. Hey, we have this. We have these. Uh, these you know, flesh slaves for you, and they're. Oh, like, uh, we're not really looking for those ones. Oh no, yeah, you're. Yeah, you're not allowed through. And then pe- they lo- look like the traders look at each other like, what in the fuck is going on? And then they and then they're either forced to turn around or take the long way around. And I, I think that'd be way more fun to have them be like literal flesh traders. Also, I could see them approaching the caravan as kind of this weird golem-like thing. And then suddenly a face forms on it. And it was just like, well, welcome to the land of primordial yeah. flesh. How can I help you? And that's and then at least that's a lot more interactive between the nations. And, mm. because, and now like... And we can still have them be kind of purposeless and have like a... a, a I would imagine that their purpose is to grow. Like, I mean, if it's a tumor, all they want to do is self-replicate. And if they can do it bloodlessly, I imagine that this council of elders that have kind of coagulated together. Yeah, exactly. uh, They've kind of come up with this idea like, look, we don't even have to go to war. Just we'll live, we'll sit passively. We don't lose any flesh. We just gain flesh by being here. 
And then it's like it's one it's like the it's that meme of the guy being like ah pointing his to a head pointing to his head and shit like that can't lose flesh if no. yeah right exactly like we've lost too much flesh by going to war let's make sure this doesn't happen again could you also see them maybe trading in slaves in the other way oh absolutely I mean if you want like a super powerful monster slave like hey we'll give you this amount. Or, or even ask, like, I could even imagine, like, it's a commission-based thing where it's like, hey, we need this particular servant to do this particular task. And they're like, yeah, sure, this is our fee. Just make sure that it gets done. Hey, could you turn turn these uh, five slaves into one really big, strong slave? Yeah, sure, done. Yeah, but we'll need six to do it. Or we'll need seven to do it, that type of thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the idea of, like, horrible flesh merchants. I think that's fun. The flesh floundries. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, that's basically... I had a similar idea back in the day with... Um, uh, minotaurs? The, yeah, they were minotaurs. They were basically alchemists who would flesh warp, and that's that's very similar. Although, I like the idea of literal flesh traders in this sense. I think that's a lot more fun. Mm. All right, so I think that's a good uh, place to stop with the nation of flesh, as horrifying as it is. Um, and I'll, I'll go ahead and switch over to mine. And mine is significantly less evil the nation of metal no <laughs> oh yeah the uh it's the nation of transformers we've got megatron <laughs> optimus prime uh the best one Soundwave. uh you know yeah, sound wave was pretty sound cool. the coolest it's got little guys come on set come on anyway uh, although uh, back in the day i was young enough to be around when the original metal transformers were a thing and man, Megatron, the gun version, looked like a real gun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, not like these kids today with their... The oh, red caps like, and orange oh, that you got to yeah. paint over to get shot by cops. Yeah. Welcome to Grandpa Corner. <laughs> I had the metal Voltron. All right. So, yeah. Um, Back in my day, I could cut myself on a toy like a real boy. Oh, man. And my, back in my day, you would just take like... All of those like pop rock things, or not pop rocks? What are they called? The paper things. Yeah, they were paper. Like you throw them on the ground, and they yeah. explode. You put them all together, and like, yeah, exactly. Of course, until it hurts. Yeah, this is what happens before we had Fortnite and the internet. <laughs> what else are you gonna do? Are you trying to floss? <laughs> are you actually trying to floss in a chair? Yes. Every time you say Fortnite, I will floss. Oh man, because I am hip. Yes. <laughs> I can't, I can't wait until you until you do the floss at my wedding and then hurt your hip the yeah. next day. So Megatron <laughs> is the name of your god. Yes. Anyway. Uh, god of Transformers. God of God of Cybertron. Very good at subterfuge because they are more than meets the eye. You know, what's funny is that my actual god is a god of subterfuge of, of kinds. Oh. Um, so I chose to go with uh, a nation that follows the god of wisdom. But in actuality, it's been taken over by the god of masks. So what happened is this nation of wisdom has been, you know, touted as very wise, knowledgeable. You want to pay attention to what it's doing in terms of the economy. And most people go to it for, you know, like, hey, should we do this? It's an augury type thing, right? Mm -hmm. What most of the world doesn't know is that generations ago, this thing has been, this nation has been taken over by the god of masks. And most people think, oh, God of Mask, it's able to switch faces or anything like that. Like, we already have something that does that in the world. 
in the form of the uh, snake monster that I made. Mm. So I didn't want to do something like that. I didn't want, and I also wanted to avoid the tropes of like Game of Thrones and stuff like that because I wanted it to be face changers. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to avoid face dancers. That. Fa- face changing is cool, but I feel like there's so much more in terms of manipulation that is left untapped that we can really get into. And so what I imagine is that the God of Masks, you know, I'm thinking illusions. No, I'm thinking, uh, you know, like, oh, you're at the theater. And what does theater do at its core? It evokes emotion in you, right? It, oh, I was going to say cause drama. Oh, well, kind of. But what does drama do? What's the purpose of drama? It's to create and evoke emotion. And thus, the God of Masks, all it, what, what? I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm picturing a goddess of masks who is just like, I just hate drama. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> not what we're doing here. Oh, this actually brings up a good point. We should mention that when we say God, it is a gender-neutral term. It is not necessarily gendered to be God or goddess. When we say God, it means gender-neutral thing that represents this. Kind of like actor. You know, like, yes, there's actor and actresses, but most people prefer actor as a, as a gender-neutral. God person. No, just God. We're just going to go with God. God person is, I imagine, more closer to the God pact itself. No, and also God, like, not just genderless, but also at at times formless in my mind. Yeah, exactly. Because not every God is going to have a... Avatar or... Right. Like, the God of mask. The God of primordial flesh, the one that I was just thinking of, is literally everywhere that there is flesh in this Exactly. It laughs at gender. It laughs at age. It is entirely different. Anyway... My point is, so the God of masks, what they do, they manipulate emotions. And I didn't want it to be complete control over the emotional spectrum. What I wanted to do instead is whatever they, whenever there is an emotion, they can enhance it. They can crank it up. So if you have a a mob of mildly irritated people, or if you have a mob of people who are, you know, really upset at something, they can, the God packed magic cranks that emotion up as far as they want to. So you can get a bunch of really angry rioters. And the reason I wanted to go with something like this is because imagine what you can do politically and uh, when you have this type of power. I was thinking more along the lines of subterfuge, what that allows you to do in terms of political manipulation. And the idea that I have set up is most of their power comes from a whisper network. They deal in information and in secrets and propaganda. For example, let's say that there is some nation state that needs help quelling a rebellion. Well, just go in, has, you know, have one of the God pacted come in and then basically turn down that emotion. Or let's say you're trying to do the opposite. I imagine that in some cases, the path of thorns would probably do a pretty good job as well. Or, or even, like, let's say it's a propaganda campaign and you want to make your opponents look, you know, like, oh, well, they're just rabid animals. Look how easily they get, you know, upset and angry and burn shit Look down. at this massacre that they caused. Exactly. And I imagine that this type of subtle magic is incredibly potent in the right hands. And with the God of Masks, it's been generations of manipulation. It's been generations of just kind of honing this skill and ability in, you know, statecraft, essentially. Let's go to how they started. Again, God of Wisdom. 
most people come to this place, you know, they, and, and again, to kind of, because in my mind, I have to figure out a way that they haven't been taken over by warlike nations. God of wisdom, you're going to have a strong battle plan. You're going to have a tactically sound plan. So that's how that, that's how we get over that, whatever. So what happens is, yes, this is the God of wisdom's domain. However, not that's, that's really only when we talk about the paragons, when we talk about the God pacted people and that's not everyone. Mm -hmm. So of course the masses are manipulated and thus when we elect people, when there is the council that gets formed, you start to listen to the people who are, I mean, you know, that's where the emotional manipulation comes in. And before it's too late, everyone is thrilled. Oh, and that's the other thing. Imagine being hopeful and having that cranked up, right? Like not only like now you have the whole, like you're having a group of people who are like, yes, I believe in this cause. But also there's people who worship this God and don't know it's a God of mask or deceit that they think it's a God of wisdom. Exactly. And, and this is, so the God of masks definitely exists, but it's definitely kind of come up subtly. It hasn't, you know, like for all intents and purposes, most people don't know that it exists and most people don't know what it does if they know what it does at all. Yeah. There's like a small council, some God pact and everything. And from there they rule over what looks to be the face of things. Right. And not only that, but what this allows this nation to do is still take advantage of its previous reputation of we're the God of wisdom. And thus you can manipulate things even more subtly, you know, like you can, you can kind of deal with information that way. You can also be like, Hey, I'm going to give you good advice. And then all of a sudden, like you can give a reason for it to go bad, for example. Right. Mm. You didn't follow my advice specifically. You didn't, you know, well, all other circumstances, like imagine that it's a God of prophecy, essentially, but you know, it's not really good prophecy. Actually, that's kind of an interesting idea is the fact that it's free will. No, no, no. Imagine that it's a matter of, that's actually a good way around it, but it's a matter of, you know, wisdom being construed as prophecy, foresight being construed as prophecy, where really it's just a matter of intelligent observations. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the idea behind it. Like, Oh, these base, these are basically prophets, but only in the way that, you know, let's say Warren Buffett is a prophet. He can see the market in a way that's going to be manipulated and stuff like that. He can't see the future and he's not always right. Exactly. But more often than not. Right. Yeah. So the other thing that I wanted to kind of introduce is I wanted a, um, Ooh, and also sometimes when he says things, he makes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. Right. For example. But, but what I was saying, the other thing that I wanted to introduce was the idea that the Sireni Consortium, the kind of the beekeeper guild oh, that yeah, I introduced yeah. previously, I want them because we need some place for them to be based in and organized around. And I thought the nation of the God of Masks works perfectly because it's a matter of, well, this is the invisible hand of the market. You know, like, so the God of Masks ha- is using the consortium essentially as a strong arm, but they're, but they're not entirely, like, it's not like the nation is using them directly. What I'm trying to say is they're, the, the consortium and the government are not in, what I'm trying to say is that the government and the consortium are not directly linked. It's not like the government issues orders, but it's a matter of, hey, we're going to give you some information and, you know, there's a reciprocal kind of uh, relationship here where they can kind of push them in a direction. So the 
consortium, the consortium is the deep state. No, because they're they're not as powerful as the nation it is, as the nation itself. But there is a kind of symbiotic relationship where they both grow as a result of them being around. I also imagine that the consortium is just significantly more evil. Like when I when I when I I, I imagine them as way more manipulative, way more way more manipulative, way more cutthroat than the nation itself is. Because the nation itself is not evil. Like, yes, it's using manipulation and subterfuge to kind of get what it wants, but ultimately it just wants power in a political sense. It does, It's not murdering people left and right. It's just kind of manipulating the system. But I could also see the consortium sending up a, a caravan up into the god of primal flesh and being just like, hey, the, these are the slaves. Ah, yes, uh, your leaders told us to take everything. What? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, why not, right? And then they get passage for a year. Yeah, well, that's actually pretty interesting. The other thing that I kind of had in mind was the idea that the nation state itself helps with the propaganda campaign of keeping the consortium as in the less evil side, all things considered. Kind of saying that, yes, they're e- like the, the nation can be something along the lines of, yes, their methods are brutal. Yes, their methods are bad, but it's kind of necessary evil and helping them kind of push that through. That and and again, using the guise of wisdom makes sense. Yeah. I think. What would you say is the amount of people who know that it is the god of mass? Directly, uh, I'd probably say the god pacted, and then maybe not too many people more than that. What would they do to someone who discovers their secret? Uh, I would imagine that they would do what. I mean, this is essentially Illuminati shit. Yeah. Up. It, it's just, I want, they keep it secret. Well, there's a couple of different reasons, right? Or there's a couple of ways that they could handle it. Number one, they could just kill him. Like, they could just murder, like, if it's some random person who just stumbles in, they're dead. Easy. However, if it's someone who is a public figure or someone who kind of stumbles in, there's always ways to manipulating people outside of pure murder, Right. I mean, look at the conspiracy theories that are going around right now about how certain people and things are being manipulated. I mean, you can go after people's families. You can go after their reputation. You can essentially make their world crumble around them. So you're saying people who find out the truth commit suicide. For example. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a totally valid thing. Like, why, why not? Oh, Just God, they say, could literally emotionally manipulate someone into committing suicide. Exactly. I mean, imagine feeling any amount of... Dis- imagine imagine that you just murder someone's child in front of them and then you crank that emotion up, snap off the knob, and then let them go. They are now a complete and utter mess of a person. I'm That's- not sure if it would count as an emotion, but paranoia. Just someone thinking that you're being hunted and then dial that up. And then I- suddenly they're the crazy conspiracy theorist. I, I think that uh, that's more of an emotional. St- I, I'm not sure that's an emotional state so much as it a mindset. So mm. I'm, I'm 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 trying to make it hyper fear. Specific. Fear though is an fear, emotion. Fear absolutely. So yeah, but fear I imagine we're just going into like scarecrow from Batman territory at that point. We're just a gibbering mess on the ground. <laughs> exactly, and not only you can actually probably just kill someone with that. Oh God, to- stop their heart. Yeah, oh, I didn't even think about that. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, you could you 
I've seen it taken the other way in certain horror things where they make someone so happy that they die of happiness. Yeah, I'm trying to... Maybe it's based on the God-pacted person in particular of how good they are at manipulating that emotion. Oh, like you know? each each one... Ha- you could do like a you could do like a Green Lantern emotional spectrum type I, thing. I was about to say Green Lantern. Yeah, core. well, not just Green hope. Lantern, but yeah, hope and rage and fear and stuff like that. I think that'd be kind of fun. I actually was not my intention, but it is a it's a great series by Jeff Johns. Could, that could they just spectrum. wear masks that cover the eyes? Ugh. No, but I I, I I do appreciate this particular idea of of just emotional manipulation. I think it's fun. And not only that, but imagine, I mean, again, the amount of political maneuverings that you could do with manipulation. I mean, because if you want to get really cynical about it, isn't that what corporate media does now is just manipulating emotion on a mass scale? I think you're thinking of Project Monarch and MK Ultra. Wake up, sheeple. Yeah, exactly. No, but in, in all seriousness, like, we already deal in emotions in a lot of ways. Oh, God, yeah. I... I, I uh, I didn't intentionally have this be like a media conglomerate, but the more I think about it, the more I can see it as a propaganda machine and a media conglomerate. But again, not in the not in the corporate shill way that like we kind of view media as it is now. The God right? of Wisdom asks, "Are your children safe?" <laughs> <laughs> it's ten o'clock. Do you know where your children are? Are they being consumed by an all-powerful God monster? You know, I didn't think about that before, but now I am. Next up, we talk, what is the god monster doing? <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I think that's, uh, I, I don't know, that's that's the kind of stuff. I, I wanted to go with a really manipulative nation, uh, one that really deals with information and secrets and stuff like that. I feel like that's a fun way to go. Um, so. So. Politics. I feel like we've talked a lot about the nation. Right. With that, now that we've kind of finished up with our introductions of the final two nations, we can now get on to introducing political systems into our... In my idea of this, I was thinking that there are power blocks of nations, uh, confederacies of nations that come up kind of like uh, Axis and Allies powers. Uh, We're in the 1500s. It's a little bit before that, but nationalism and uh, joining of nations is starting to happen of where God of law, God of this, hey, let's be friends, let's be against the God of chaos and everything. Right. I think that's, well, isn't that, that's what the nation state is, right? Like the idea of Hundasa, which is a very big city and very important city in a lot of cases, it's not its own nation. It is part of the empire of the feast and famine, mm-hmm. right? So that's, that's already happened, and it's a matter – and the way that I've kind of broken it down, it's a matter of splitting it in between three – there are three ways that people kind of exert influence. There's might, there's subterfuge, and there's wealth, right? Now, normally in, in like – in the real world where we live, there's also religious influence and there's also cultural influence, but I thought that – you know, kind of breaking down cultural and religion, like religion, just everyone's at war. So it's, it's kind of like a weird truce like thing where everyone understands that it's nation per nation and person by person. And also it's a pantheon. So everyone's going to believe in the power. They just don't choose that one necessarily. But with that said, but there is also the tribalism of, I grew up in this nation. I worship this God. Right, exactly. And, and not only that, but you could also move and be like, actually, this God makes more sense to me 
I am going to now worship this one and maybe even become a God pacted and stuff like that. Right. So what I wanted to do was essentially break down the political web because we have all the ways to influence people, right? We have might, we have subterfuge and we have wealth. Wealth can be, and not only that, but every aspect of that can be good or negative, right? You can have good might by protecting people, by offering your swords to a good cause, kind of like your council of law in some ways. You could also have um, them just be conquerors. Like, hey, we're going to murder people and we have the swords to do it. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. With subterfuge, you have the manipulation of people in a good way, kind of like the Path of Thorns, where it's a matter of, hey, we're, we're creating propaganda that's going to inevitably create a better space for you. Also, we're just charismatic and diplomatic. Like, it, it's a diplomatic action. Yeah. Whereas your mask, sense, you could also manipulate behind the scenes, dark emotions, uh, n- not really honest about it. You're not exactly. winning people over with words. It's more of winning people over with uh, lies. Exactly. And then you also have the idea of wealth where you can create positive economic forces in the world. You're essentially just creating good trade routes And then on the other hand, you're also manipulating markets. You're shutting people off. uh, Boycotting. Boycotts and sanctions and everything like that. You know, a little bit of technology in there as far as we'll use the wealth of our knowledge. A a little bit. Yeah. Uh, But, but mostly it's a matter of uh, economics more than anything else. I think that again, you can swing both ways with how that works. But the idea behind this whole web, right, is certain nations are just going to be better, inherently better at certain things than others and exerting that influence in the world, right? Certain nations are just going to be inherently better at exerting their influence in certain ways. So for example, as we've kind of uh, tipped in advance, you know, something like the council of law that Chris created, they have a way of manipulating themselves in terms of might in terms of, yeah, we're, we're going to offer you essentially what is a mercenary force it's neither inherently good nor bad. And then they have, because they sell themselves out, they'll have wealth, but obviously because they lack a God of, of wisdom, then there's died. Right. Essentially. Then there we go. They're going to lack subterfuge in a lot of ways. Yes. They are not the most, uh, subtle of people. Yeah. Right. I, I, I was dumb. Paladin was there. Yeah. Which is fine. But the idea behind that being, Okay, so how do we build this into the rest of the world? How does the political system work? And I don't want it to just just be, you know, oh well, the you know the 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 god of masks is at is the spider at the center of this massive political web, and it's manipulating the world because I think that's really unrealistic. That's actually a lot of the time. Why haven't you taken over? Right, exactly. I think that's my main problem with most conspiracy modern conspiracy theories is the idea behind that they're expecting this massive political system to have utter control over everything. And like, I just don't believe it. There's too much chaos. And it's like, there's way too much room for human error. You know, like you cannot expect so much manipulation to go so far. That no one talks about it, that no one gets out unless you keep it small. Right. Exactly. And I mean, I think it's a lot easier for people to kind of understand or they, or create reason where there is none in certain cases, which is why like, 
chaos just happens and people don't like to ex- believe that chaos is so prevalent and exists. Right. So they have to create something in their head of, well, steel, you know, like listen, jet fuel doesn't not one bill. Nothing like hit building seven. Right. See, and this is where Chris and I really split because I'm a hard skeptic and Chris, much like agent Mulder really wants to believe <laughs> In every single conspiracy, you're you you joke, but you're not even wrong. You I actually, love researching all of them. You believe that Varys was a fish person? No, mer person, mer person, same thing, completely different. Uh-huh. For the longest time, and and that's the thing. I am a hard skeptic. Chris is not. Listen, not a skeptic. It was like never proven wrong. Skeptics. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Never I mean, saw his feet. To, to be fair, you were also, he was very, very vulnerable to that dragon fire. That's oh my God. Yes. Yeah. 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 Anyway. A little too vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you it's know almost why we, like it was written poorly. It's you crazy. know why we can't prove he's not a murder person? Because they cremated the body. Boom. Wow. <laughs> well, you would have noticed his weird little brittle fish bones and everything. Nope. Dragon fire. Complete cremation in a matter of seconds. <laughs> I imagine they're like sifting through. What's up with this weird fin? Oh, God, no, nothing. Don't worry about it. And then a face changer just comes in behind. Boom. Yep. Everyone was face changers the entire time. Oh, that was the other one. Oh, no. Shut up. That's not true, is it? Someone said that. I mean, like, that's what I mean. Like, is that an actual theory? That Ned was a face dancer and he was going to come back as someone. Oh, my God. That one. Listen. On the scale of probability, Mert person is higher. <laughs> I agree with that. Mert person <laughs> is higher. <laughs> All right. Getting back to our web of political intrigue here. So I wanted to kind of break down each nation that we have and how they relate to not necessarily each other nation, because that would just take way too long. Let's let's kind of create, uh, let's say, two threads each, one negative, one positive. And so, so basically, for example, let's start with the, the God of feasts and famine. And let's say, let's create one positive, uh, you know, political interaction that he has and one negative. So in my example, I created the empire of embers specifically to be the martial foil to the God of feasts and famine. So in that case, they have a rivalry that exists and will exist for generations. This is the bad blood that will exist for a while. Like even after, even after like a, let's say that they're, they've had their hundred year war, right? Let's it's, it's kind of like how England and France really hate each other. Even now it's kind of like how Greece and Turkey hate each other. Even now where it's like this kind of the Scots and other Scots hate each other. Yeah, exactly. Like this is the type of thing where even like if we were to jump ahead 200 years, People would still be like, oh, yeah, we haven't been in war for 100 years, but fuck them. They're awful. Like that kind of thing. So we we start there with the feast and famine. That's the negative interaction. What nation do we see being kind of a backer or let's having a positive interaction with either the feast and famines or the city of embers? No, no, no. Let's uh, let's specifically start with feast and famine. Because we already have the negative one there. So let's create a positive one. And because we've already got the might aspect taken out, let's look at subterfuge or wealth and see what kind of positive thing that we can go with there. 
I could see with uh, subterfuge and uh, and wealth. Well, we, we are already mentioned that the with wealth that probably comes from Hendasa because we've said that they're uh, part of it for sure. Yeah. Definitely comes from Hendasa. Yes, I agree. Hmm. But remember, Hendasa is under the banner. Yeah, yeah. Of, of peace and, and family. It's not its own separate nation I, state. I gotcha. I gotcha. So that can't count as a positive. Correct, because it's it's kind of like oh well. The United States has a positive political interaction with, with Hawaii. Right. Well, ooh, depends on the time on that one, actually. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's the idea is that it's it's self-interest. So it doesn't count as, a, as another nation, essentially. I imagine that in some cases, like how, how, where is their money coming from? What are they trading? How does that work exactly? I'm thinking that the kingdom of death the one with the council of necromancers, they're essentially just a big money, like the council of death, right? Because they've been around for so long, they're just in, in intensely wise at this point. And thus they're going to be very good at subterfuge and they're going to be very good at making money. I like to think that because they're deathless, that they've seen how the market works and they're able to accumulate wealth to the point where they are essentially making money on an automatic system, right? Mm. So I imagine that in a lot of ways, they're probably really good trading partners with the caliphate of feasts and famine just because they really don't care. They don't care where the money comes from. They don't care how they get it. It's a matter of, look, you have goods. We'll pay you money for them. It's fine. Yeah. That kind of thing. Cool. All right, well, let's move on to the next one. We've got the empire of embers. Uh, we've already gone to got the negative, uh, conflict that they have with feasts and famine. Let's do another one surrounding, you know, like subterfuge or wealth. What do you think works there? Hmm. So they were, they were taken over due to subterfuge. Like exactly in, in a way. So I feel, which is why, because the divine coalescence, they still have a little bit of that aspect in them. Mm. And the idea, actually, I didn't bring it up last episode, but the idea that I have for their god-pacted magic now. So my original idea was the god of fire has the ability to re- revive people. Oh, right? I thought we did talk about that. Oh, no. we didn't. know that was that was private. That yeah. was private. Yeah. So yeah, we do talk about things off camera sometimes, but There's the no I- camera off mic, whatever. The idea that I had was yet yeah, the god of fire was able to revive people Mm -hmm. and there was this other god afterwards after the divine coalescence and so okay i was thinking it was a it was a subterfuge coup essentially right like one that comes from political manipulation so my idea is he's they still have after the divine coalescence they still revive people but now anyone who's revived with the magic they can see through their eyes Mm. so what I like about this is it still has both aspects of the fire, revi- you know, revivify, and then you have the political manipulation aspect of it. And obviously, no one tells them about that second part. They just realize that, like, oh, yeah, everything's still the same. Actually, now that I think about it, we could even suggest that that divine coalescence is in secret. Like... There's that, no reason why we can't do that, right? Oh, that thing's changed, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, it, the god seems a little different now, but no one knows that, like, they could even they could even politically spin it as the god of fire comes back and destroys that other god, 
And in reality, it's just a divine coalescence. Mm. That's actually pretty fun. Oh, no, we destroyed that god. But it changed him. Right. Them. Them. Yeah. I mean, why not? Like, and then because you still have that same exact power, except now there's a little bonus for those who are interested. Right? Okay. But going on, the kingdom yeah, of... moving on. Kingdom yeah, yeah, yeah. of death has a relationship with uh, feast and famines in the form of wealth and trade. Yes, I, I think that having a, a healthy political system or a healthy economic system there works better. I can see that. Yeah, moving on to the Empire of Embers, they already have the... I mean, they, they are essentially the bulwark to the north, right? That's the way that it, we're, we're considering it, to defend against the feast and famine. Mm-hmm. So what else? So what else can we kind of do there? Because I imagine that they're, in, in some ways, they have eyes and spies everywhere with that new revivication ability. I want to say that they have a close relationship with the Council of Law. Okay. In the sense of Ooh, they have yeah. a knowledge network and they have this opinion that they are they are good, they are lawful, they are the god of fire. How can you take up take out rivals in other places or within your own nation, you do it under secret police-like action. That's not a bad idea. Moreover, I imagine that one of the God-pacted or one of the leaders within the Council of Law was revived by the uh, by the new uh, Empire of Embers. So they have, they literally have eyes within the council meetings and there's like this spy aspect to it as well. Oh man, that's real. Okay, I like that. I can. I can so when they come back, that. they also don't know that they're. They have no idea. Okay, okay. Just they sure. know that they're revived, and that's all they know. All right. So, embers in council of law. All right, I can I can do that. Uh, let's move on to the. Um, let's move on to Shaolin. Uh, why are you doing that? Why are you doing a bird symbol? That's it's, not. That's not Wu Tang. This is Wu Tang. That's what I'm doing. It's literally not what you're. That doing. is what I'm doing. No, you got, it's not this. It's this. I do that to keep them together. You're a fucking weirdo. Whatever. Let's go to Shaolin, shall we? Uh, I imagine that because they're perfect and they pursue perfection, they're good at basically everything. Yeah. Like they're not going to be, or may, maybe I could see their inability to kind of deal with stuff outside of their own realm makes them weak in like a wealth and economic sense. But at the same time, they're the, their lack of understanding. Lack of understanding of it, just like I don't understand why. Why are... would we need more money than is necessary? That kind yeah. of thing. I can imagine that kind of being a problem, and also maybe with subterfuge, like they're easily duped in certain ways. You know, yeah. I I could see them being very perceptive and like putting things together. So once they can figure out a lie, but when they're like, "Why would they lie to me? Right. I don't understand why this person would lie to me." So, oh, you are right. I was wrong. This person has lied to me. I will destroy them now. <laughs> All right. So what is what is there? I know that they're basically in a monastery 24-7, but what are we looking at in terms of their relationships with the rest of the world? I kind of see them as Switzerland, kind of like neutral. neutral. They can be used, valuable for that as far as just like, all right, let's uh, let's go to common ground. Let's... Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're they're almost diplomats just by being as neutral as possible. Yeah, it's the fact that yeah. Tell my wife I said hello. Yeah, yeah, okay. We can do that. Okay, I, I can see that. And let's go ahead and so so they act essentially as a meeting ground for those at war. 
I can also see them essentially being like a good place for a UN type organization to exist. Seeing how they don't, they have their needs met. They don't want for more. They don't see the need for more. They just want to focus on inward perfection and outward perfection. Sure. That allows them to be more of uh, the monitor at these kind of things. It's just like, sure. Let's let's all sit down. You you wanted me to be the arbiter of this council. Uh, can I just say that both parties have something that they need to come find some common ground with? Sure. I also, and, and this is going to sound weird, I see them be having a weird fascination with the nation of flesh. Yes. Yeah. Because they were almost the nation of flesh when I was thinking them up. Oh. Oh, Kung Fu flesh monks? That's awful. In a in an amazing way. Don't get me wrong. But oh, that's yeah. Like... But it's just like elongated legs, perfect being made into. Yeah. Oh, it's like Resident Evil, basically. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Yeah. Part of me kind of wants to do that a little bit. <laughs> Part of me wants to right now combine those two nations and just make them one nation. I would say a splinter group that wants perfection and they see it just like, no, perfection is not what we have. Perfection is what we can attain. And they they take on the flesh oh, molding. Yeah. And not only that, but if you want to talk about God Pact, like you can do both, right? Like yeah. you go to the God. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the thing is, I could see it being like from the practitioners of there being just like you are a monstrosity. You have taken what we were given, which is perfect, and yeah. formed it into this. No, I am perfect. You know, like that kind of mentality. Oh, God. Oh, I'm just picturing a kung fu scene in my, with like a giant fighting a bunch of monks. Oh, yeah. The, oh, <laughs> All right, that's it. Come at me. That's that's definitely it. There's definitely some weird... Uh, there's weird philosophy. There's some the weird, schism within the yeah. There's some weird philosophical debates going on between those groups. I think that'd be really interesting. Not only that, imagine like one of the people from the flesh go and like, oh, what's perfection all about? They kind of like, oh, I can get behind this. All right, all right, cool. So Wait, I, I need to act out the scene in my mind. Let's go and just like, your body may be perfect, but your kung fu is not. <laughs> Show me. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's a matter of like, what's better, technique or phys or Technique or physique? Boom. Tagline. Oh, Hashtag no. Actually, actually to, to get even nerdier with it, you want to talk about Baki the Grappler. It's literally... Oh, my Lord. Yeah. It's Mr. Oliver versus uh, the Judo Master, the one who basically can manipulate his joints and stuff like that. Yeah. That's... A, I mean, yeah, I can get shot with a shotgun and then shrug it off, but then I meet this little old oh, man. And how'd you break my so wrist? Yeah, it's like it's already broken. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yes, that is that is the difference. That we have technique versus physique. Yeah, exactly. Let's go. Let's go eat seventy-two steaks and call it a day. Uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, we got Kingdom Death. I see them as. Um, Again, because they've been around for so long, they've accumulated mass amounts of wealth and, you know, information. I don't see them as very martial. I see them more as, um, well, what do they, I suppose the one thing that we didn't really talk about, what do they do in the world, right? Like, like what's their purpose? Are they, are they shepherds for other countries? Death? Like, is it a matter of 
they worship death, but what does that mean, right? I see them taking on a role that's similar to like Speaker of the Dead, uh, Last Rites. Uh, okay. They also want to make sure that death is respected. Okay. <sighs> so what do we do with that in terms of a political... I imagine that not only do the kingdom of death, like, yeah, they're going to take, they basically are grave robbers as well. Or, or rather like, look, we know that you can't take it with you. So they just take the wealth that people are buried in. And that's kind of how they accumulate wealth is through grave robbing. Kind of, you know, like you don't need that. Like here, it's ours now. Like we're respecting the dead. Look, we understand what happens. You're good. And what do they do with that money though? That's kind of my question. They can't just sit on it and accumulate wealth in order to use it when they need it. Wait a minute. Are they this, are, are, are they just the bank? They could just be the bank. Like, you know, kind of how like um, certain countries in the past have essentially acted as banks, you know, for, yeah. for other nation states. Why not have the kingdom of death, the nation of death, just be bankers? That's a question. Oh, that that's a... <laughs> That is rude. Rude. Can't really just see a bunch of bankers as a bunch of soulless skeletons sitting behind a desk. Uh, ancient people slowly accumulating undeserved wealth. Disconnected from the rest of the world. You're right. This metaphor doesn't work at all. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Let's, I, I'm, I'm calling it. They're, they're essentially the bank of death. Like That's what I want to call it. They are money changers. They are... You can bank on death. Uh, the only thing in life that is certain is death and taxes. Which is why we've cornered the market on both. Oh my god, that's so fucking cheesy. I love it. Okay, yeah, that's it. Uh, the kingdom of death are bankers. So there we go. Uh, we've created a wealth-based system. Um, now, let who does that affect directly? Oh, we, already, we already said that they bankroll, essentially... Um, the feast and famine. So who else can they directly kind of jibe with, so to speak? Jive with in a oh, okay. positive? Because I, I don't see them getting along with the Path of Thorns now. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, no, because Bank isn't necessarily evil. I know I know it's often is. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I, I, okay, my idea I have. How, how do they feel? Or, or rather, they've been around for so long that they understand the 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 god of wisdom. In my mind, they kind of look at the the god of masks taking over and they know what happened. So I imagine that there's some kind of a propaganda counter propaganda like they're the ones who are fighting that war uh with the god of masks as they are now. In the shadows or In the shadows. Okay, yeah. cuz they know that if it were to go out into the open, it would then... It's bad for business, Chris. Bad for, business, bad for and, business. And also, I could see the God of Wisdom with the amount of control be... Oh, we could have all the bad opinions that we've said are just part of the campaign. Exactly. Ex exactly. Yeah. All right. Not yeah. only that, but I, I imagine that the God of Death is not really looked at with too much of a positive light. Like, no one's going to believe the God of Death. Even though, why would he have any reason to lie? Why would they have any reason to lie? Come on, right? you got a, the three brothers. You know, the last one had to go to death and see it as an old friend. No. Oh, Harry Potter? No, I don't think that's Harry Potter. Um, 
sure it's an older story. Anyhow, moving on. So, so we've got we've got bank death, uh, the 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 bank of unlife, so to speak. Next up, let's do uh, Path of Thorns. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. I think mostly because I feel like well, I don't think they get along with the Council of Law. Yeah, we we kind of touched on that. Ow. <laughs> Fuck. We uh, we kind of touched on that a little bit when we initially brought them up, but yeah, they I imagine that they really don't get along well very much, but I also don't see them getting into too much conflict. I feel like they kind of look at each other and be like, "Look, let's we both kind of have the same general idea. Let's leave it be. We have bigger fish to fry." Type thing. Mm, I could see them definitely button heads a few times cuz it's just like, "Hey, Morally right doesn't mean legally right. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. And the Path of Thorns definitely believes in morally right rather than legally right, for sure. I also imagine that the Path of Thorns is definitely sending out all sorts of um, pamphlets and speakers and God-pacted people to kind of be like, hey, you deserve better. And like, here's a pamphlet. Read all about it. No, your rights. Right. Not your legal rights. No, your rights, a, your rights as a human being, mm. or a, I don't know, as a sentient being. Sentient being. There we go. Because we don't want to be racist here. We wanna, we wanna be really inclusive of the forgotten and the spriggans and the ashenborn. The forgotten really don't care. How do you know? You know, good point. <laughs> oh, oh man, now I'm just thinking of the path of Thor and sending emissaries down below and being like, you should uh, maybe consider. Ah! <laughs> All right. So I imagine that they're having issues with the feast and famine because they're they're kind of manipulative. Actually, let's go. Uh, who who haven't we talked about very much? Fleshy bits. You know, I think they're actually kind of fine with the fleshy bits because who's being <laughs> manipulated there? You know, like they they look at that system. They're like, that's fucked up. But um, it works for you, so... I think they would have more problems with the people selling people to the fleshy bits. Yeah. So let's go back to God of Masks, then. Mm. Actually, now that I think about it, you could have a three-way propaganda war between the Path of Thorns, the Bank of Death, and um, the God of Masks. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that... The God of Masks is around and, you know, has been around longer. So it's treated as the more I, I'd like to think that there is a lot of really negative propaganda surrounding the Path of Thorns. I think that it makes a lot of sense that, you know, those who are in power don't want to give up their power. And thus there is a propaganda war happening between the Path of Thorns and several other. Yeah. yeah, I think that makes most sense. I mean, where else can we go from there? So for the leaders of the world. Are you saying that they are a thorn in their side? Oh my god. Wow. This is definitely this is a fucking episode today. Um, this is a hell of an episode today. My god. So many puns. Uh okay, so yeah. Feeling punny. Yeah, I told you. I warned you at the top of this episode. It's gonna be a fucking silly one today. Um all right, cool. Yeah, I, I feel like the Path of Thorns, we kind of get that down. Um, also they just hate the sea or any consortium, which is also a branch of the God of masks. So why not? Yeah. Uh, moving on council of law. 
I think that them acting as the shield, like the mercenary shield to the golden bank of death and, oh God, no, God of wisdom makes more sense. AKA God of masks. Yeah, but that's not a, it's a positive negative relationship with them. How so? So they see them as the God of wisdom and they're easily manipulated by them, but it's definitely manipulative. Yeah, that's well. That's not necessarily. I I suppose if you're you're asking on which side is negative and which is positive. Yes. But yeah, I mean, why not? I I, I can see. Oh, the, I see it done, and it doesn't necessarily have to be malicious. It's still manipulative. Right. So okay, when you said Council of Law, they lost their God of Wisdom initially, right? Yes. So let's call. Let's not have the God of Masks replace the God of Wisdom. Let's call it something else because otherwise that'll be kind of confusing. As the oh, our god died, but there's the same god right over there. What do we want to call him instead? I think I used foresight earlier, and I think that's that might make more sense. Mm. So I can see the Council of Law seeing the god of foresight and saying, that's basically the same thing as wisdom. So we're going to be buds, right? Why not be friends? And they're, of course, they're actually that makes a lot of sense because then they can be like, we miss our friend. We miss our family. It was a familial relationship between the gods, yes? Correct. So why not have... Well, we miss our brother. We miss our sister. We miss our family. So why not have this... Like, they're they're trying to be like, hey... Uncle Mask? Yeah, right, right, right. (laughs) They're, They're essentially being like, hey, God of Foresight, please be our new family member and they're they're actively trying to court this person or this this god or this nation be the new part that we miss and then they're like yeah we just got to think about this and then they're not trying to rush into any kind of anything right now (laughs) well more than that i mean it's a matter of the foresight tells me it's not a good idea right now stuff like that and they can kind of string them along the entire way i can see that happening Ooh, oh man, this is uh, this is definitely going to be our longest episode. Oh yeah, for sure. But we're almost done. We're we're, we're almost, almost there. Done. We're almost done. Council of Law. Do we? Would, I mean, they're kind of tied in with the Golden Bank of Death, the Path of Thorns. We we've built up enough of them yeah. as is. Sure, God of Masks, aka God of Foresight. Um, I feel like we've also done. Uh, There's plenty job. of links back to them. Sure, sure. Uh, Both anything up front and yeah. Okay, now finally we have the fleshy bits. Who God of primordial flesh? The fleshy bits, yes. Oh my god. Who is closest geographically to the God of primordial flesh? I feel like it should be. Either the Empire or the Caliphate. Caliphate. Caliphate, that's what I said. The Empire or the Caliphate. How about... Oh, that that's actually an interesting idea. Because that... What I'm thinking of now, right? Is that's how you avoid the war zone? More or less... Or, or more importantly, that's how the the God of Primordial Flesh has been manipulating both sides. Hey, do you want to get through and get to the battlefield quicker? Sure, send me some people. By all means, go right ahead. And then they're they're basically not the DMZ, but they're smack dab pretty close between the two. Mm-hmm. So they're essentially Belgium in the sense that Germany had to get through Belgium to get to France, let's yeah. say, in World War One. And example. France also expected fleshy bits. Oh, uh, DMZ 
So uh, Germany had to go through Belgium in I order. You said that part. Yeah, I know. I'm redoing it. Germany had to go through Belgium in order to attack France. France also expected Belgium to hold out, and then kind of folded. And then that, yeah. And then that guy knocked on a church door, and Belgium just was like, "Yeah, we're done here. Okay, <laughs> you know what? We're good. Go on by." Yeah, and then the PR came in when Germany was like, hey, we're going to treat you bad. And everyone's like, wait, why are you doing that? And then everyone turned on Germany. Mm. But it's, okay, it could also be seen as uh, just inhospitable land that can be used every now and then. You just got to pay the price. So both sides want to guard the gate, but also there's a price for using it. Yeah, why not? Okay. And then if you want to tr imagine how it's set up, if it were in a way of that is also their access to maybe other lands that's quicker. Uh, okay. I could see that. I, 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 we'd have to map it out. And I think that's kind of important. Yeah. But one of the things that I could see is the primordial flesh was not that important until the war and everything started to happen. And it, people then needed to get into its land and then it, like scouting groups, caravans got taken out, and then they were like, all right, what if we just destroy them? Oh, no, that backfired. We don't really have time for a three-front war. Uh, Two-front, but yes. Two-front, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I like that idea. We can definitely roll with that. Uh, I think that my raspy-ass voice suggests that we have gone on for quite a while about this subject, and I think that we've reached a good stopping point for now what do you think yeah catch us next time don't forget to like and subscribe ring that bell and rss feed rss feed i don't know what it's on dig next oh check out our discord we don't have a discord we should probably get our discord twitch channel youtube well we'll get a discord later when we have like more than fans listening to it yeah when we have fans uh, thanks to the five people who listen to you, to us. We love you very much. Um, if you have any emails, if you have any questions, if you want to uh, suggest something, my God, you can do it by sending an email to worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. And we do have the reveal of our contest as of next episode where we name, finally, the World of a Thousand Gods. Now... If you still haven't put in a name for that yet, please do. Even if it's just one sentence, go ahead and email it to us, worldbuildwithus at gmail.com, and we will reveal it at the top of next episode. And for World Build With Us, I've been Rob Hilferty, here with Chris Prunty. We love you very much. Thank you for listening. Good night and good luck. What? It's a good movie.